babies. Hello, Richard. Yeah, fuck you. It's not. <laughs> don't don't play games with me today. Hello. Hi, Rich. How are you? Yeah, it's not me. It's you. You don't don't don't. <laughs> it's already a great day. You know why? There's no queen. It is downpouring. It is raining cats and dogs right now. And that little cunt is going to a concert outside and he's going to get wet. I am so fucking happy right now. I feel like in the uh, little over a year's time that we've been doing the show, the the once really heavy, heavy hatred that you had for Bill has grown exponentially. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure has. Yeah. Okay, we're fine with that. Can I get something off my chest? Because I just got done doing a show with one Bill. Yep, go ahead. Uh, we did 45 minutes of hockey talk, and he I'm waited a- till, till the very end to um, pull a bill and say, what the fuck is that on your lip? I have a zit on my lip. It looks like herpes. I'm sorry. I've been trying to hide it with the microphone. Uh, but Bill, very rudely. Of course. Of course. Invest, I why, guess, why, would he, why would you expect anything less from the queen? Politely waited 45 minutes until the show was just about over. I was about to hit. Uh, and thank you, Irene. And uh, yeah, hey, what the fuck is that on your lip? Okay, thanks for showing up, Bill. See ya. <laughs> see you when you see ya. <laughs> Hope you get struck by lightning at your concert tonight, Bill. Very go, good. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Welcome to some of my sports show. Friday headlines, July 30th. August is here. Oh, uh, if you're you watching, can't have that behind you. Uh, I did it just for you, buddy. <laughs> if we're, you. if we, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see uh, we have uh, women's Tight beach bites. volleyball. Um, behind me, it is the Olympics. That's for Ray. It's his favorite sport in the world. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, I'm sorry you're missing out. Wherever you are consuming us, please uh, subscribe, rate, review, share with your friends, unsubscribe, do it all over again. Fuck with those algorithms. We appreciate it. And again, welcome to the Simple Mind Sports Show. Uh, so it's uh, Thursday. You had the day off yesterday, Mental Health Day. Mm-hmm. It's very important. We all know mm-hmm. it's very important these time, these day and age. Good for you. Thank you. I assume you spend most of your day um, after you woke up late, maybe had macaroni and cheese or something ridiculous for breakfast, and then consumed some beer. Uh, obviously, I golfed our- yesterday. Of course, I had beer. Okay, there you go. Well, and I, I, whether they have this at the at the course or not, I'm no, sure you I bring my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you bring a couple of those. And of course, I'm talking about our favorite New Hampshire craft brewery, White Birch Brewing down in National New Hampshire. Ray address, please. 460 Amherst Street. The good side of Amherst Street. Get on down to the brewery. Get yourself a flight, a pint, uh, some merchandise, a hat. I've been told perhaps uh, I may have one in my future. May not. Um, definitely oh, not will. from definitely not from Bill. Ray has a sweeter heart than him. Uh, either way, if you can't get down to the brewery, get at your local beer store, wherever you get it. Tell them the Simple Minds boy sent you white birch brewing. Uh, right. We have to do this. We have to start a little bit of baseball because the trade deadline is today as this releases tomorrow as we're recording. It, it's five o'clock on Thursday. Um, and. There were just reports, there are reports coming out every 30 seconds now about uh, Max Scherzer, who, of course, the Red Sox um, over the past several days have 
increasingly been uh, more linked to. Uh, the latest one out of The Athletic led John Henry in his creepy old hands uh, got in there and was uh, basically putting pressure on Heimblum to, to really get in there with the Max Scherzer deal. Uh, but now to the latest reports are the Padres are closing <laughs> in on him. Um, so that looks like that ship has sailed. Uh, the latest, uh, however, from John Heyman said, uh, yes, the Padres are close, but there are still several other teams interested. Um, the likely bunch that we've heard from earlier this week, the Dodgers, the Giants and the Red Sox are still in the mix. Uh, let me just say this earlier today, I saw a tweet from a recognizable source. I'm sorry. I don't have in front of me that it said the Red Sox are not only in on Max Scherzer, who we thought was a pipe dream to begin with, but they're also in on, uh, Jose Berrios. As soon as I saw that, I went, fuck this. This is bullshit. This is all smoke either from ownership or whatever to make the, to let the fan, this is a Bruins play, but mm-hmm. make it look like, you know, we tried, they didn't want to come here. We tried. Uh, so that's mm, the nose went up on that one when I saw that tweet today. And now we're seeing, uh, you know, Max Scherzer more than likely going to the Padres. We'll see. Yeah. But do they even say what it's for yet? Like, has it been like for players or anything like that? No, nothing. Yeah. So there's still a chance. I mean, maybe the Red Sox get desperate now and they start giving off some of their better assets, you know, like a Duran, maybe, you know, something like that, like a star player that, you know, can play in the big leagues, send them off to the nationals, but, I don't know. Maybe it could still happen. We could have that 12th hour miracle with the Red Sox. Yeah. The, the th- interesting thing with Scherzer and um, I haven't dove too deep into the rumors, but I haven't even really heard exactly what the Nats are looking for because his contract in a situation is so wacky that I think the offers can come from a lot of different areas. This is why the speculation has grown for the Red Sox because they have money and yeah. they have room uh, a lot more than certainly the Dodgers and the Padres who have spent um, a lot of money recently. Oh no. Did we lose? Oh, fuck me. Oh no. Well, this is been the simple mind sports show Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Ray lost his. Oh no. Sorry, Ray. It's gone. This this, kayaking. (laughs) The fuck. Sorry, buddy. No more bum bums for you. Uh, Anyway. So that was the, that was the case with the the Red Sox. You know, they could, uh, Max Scherzer's looking for a contract extension. Um, the Red Sox could offer that to him. They could pay him more than a lot of teams. They could leverage their money situation and not give up as many assets, frankly, because they don't have as many assets and they're certainly not looking to get rid of them. So that was the idea behind the Red Sox uh, becoming one of the favorites for Scherzer. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what the Padres end up giving up for him. Um, they must. They're <laughs> Both the Padres and the Dodgers have to be on this. They've spent so much money. They still have good farm systems, but they've dumped a lot of prospects already. You know, how much are you going to give up for a half a year of Max Scherzer or three years of Max Scherzer at 38 and 39 years old, paying them $30 million after if you're the Dodgers, if you're the Dodgers, you're paying Trevor Bauer $200 million to go beat the shit out of women unconscious and bang them uh, and not pitch. So. Well, look at the Padres. They just got out of the books. And remember how they were so red and they had to go back and save all this fucking money. Yeah. Those guys are just like, fuck this. Let's go for it. We got all this money to spend. Let's blow it. And the other thing I want to mention, too, is that Brad Hand got traded from the Nationals today for a fucking minor league catcher. Yeah. I mean, they, well, yeah. I, I, like you're saying, I don't know what the Nationals are trying to do. Are they trying to build up their farm system? Are they trying to, are they trying to build for the future? Are they trying to win now? Obviously, they're not trying to win now, but what, what's their main goal here? Well, they can't win tra- now, and they have one of the worst farm systems in the league. And you got a 36-year-old pitcher 
um, with a weird contract. You don't have a lot of leverage if you're the no. Nationals. No. So, um, yeah, you know, it'll be disappointing if now that we've got our hopes up, the question starts needs to be asked. What if the Red Sox don't do anything? Yeah. Um, but they again, the, well, the Red Sox are, did do something. Sorry to oh, interrupt you. Go ahead. They uh, sent back down Tanner Huak down to the minors. So are they opening up a roster position for a pitcher? What's going well, on there? That generally, uh, that generally smells like you got to bring a forty man onto uh, onto the big league club. Mm-hmm. Look, we know they have to do something. We know they have to do something. The biggest name still linked to them is Anthony Rizzo. It has been for a long time. Carlos Santana is still out there. Hosmer is uh, a, a little bit of a stretch. He's been linked a little bit, but some kind of first baseman, some kind of pitching um, relief, whether that's in the bullpen or in the starting rotation. Again, Jose Barrios is still out there. Um, I heard today the rumor was the Twins are just looking for a top 100 uh, prospect. So the Red Sox have a few of those. You're kind of stacked in your middle infield position. You can give one of those guys up. And Jose Barrios has term and he's a good pitcher. That's, I mean, it kind of seems like a no-brainer. We just don't have any track record from Hein Bloom to know what he's going to do. No. So we're, we're everyone just kind of in the dark here, waiting waiting to see what kind of decisions made. Well, he's never had this kind of money to spend either. You know, being with True. the Rays, you always had this uh, notion that you couldn't spend the big bucks and you'd have to go get the bargain bin deals. And now he actually has a franchise that are saying, hey, the books are open. Go get someone big. Go get star power. Go do it. And he's never had that opportunity. So this is his first go around with that kind of situation. Yeah, let's see who he handles it. We'll see uh, tomorrow. Please just uh, turn around and watch this fucking. I don't know what this guy's doing. I in can this see diet. it. I can <laughs> see it. The He's only just thing... spinning around and around. <laughs> the only thing I don't like about the uh, these Olympic kayak one is in a, it's basically in a pool. Like put these That's guys a on pool? a river. Yeah, it's like a oh, man made. No sh- it's no like shit. a man made river. <laughs> Um, outside of that, just one more thing on the Red Sox. Important to note today, Thursday, Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant were both out of the lineup. Uh, manager. Um, what the hell is his name? Ross. Uh, Jesus Christ. Whatever. The manager for the Cubs, Ross said. The former that, catcher, David Ross. Former catcher, David Ross. Thank you. Um, he said that that was not about the trade deadline. It was just their day off. Bullshit. Yeah. Those guys are getting dealt. That's why they're out of the lineup today. We're surprised that we knew you were lying on that <laughs> yeah, one, sir. Our dumb brains can <laughs> figure that out, David Ross. You're not fooling anybody. Yeah. Uh, and the Tanner Huak thing is interesting. No. Yeah. Expect somebody to be moving over to the Red Sox. Um, uh, speaking of the Red Sox, they split their double header, uh, with the blue Jays on Wednesday, dropped the first game with Garrett Richards, very predictably mm-hmm. fucking imploding in the fourth inning, um, in a seven inning game. So that didn't help. And then in the second game, Jaron Duran got an inside the park home run. He's fast. He's fast. He's the fastest kid I ever knew. <laughs> He's a freak. He's a fast. Man, he might be dealt to Chicago. So uh, keep Don't running, see. keep running, Jared. Uh, all right, moving, <clears throat> switching gears. NHL free agency. Uh, like I said, Bill and I talked about that show came out yesterday, Thursday. Old Billy Hockey, but we gotta, we gotta get the astute, real hockey guy, astute analysis from hockey guy Ray. Let me just give you the big day in Bruins Town. When it started out really slow, they had been very quiet for a, for a couple of weeks. They were sitting on their hands, yes. I mean, they got Carlo on a good deal. They got Taylor Hall on a good deal. They Sweeney did Sweeney things and brought his own guys back. His free agency track record has been less than stellar. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I think he did okay on first day of free agency on Wednesday. Um, here are the deals. Uh, let me start and go in order. The first one we saw came in was defenseman, left shot defenseman. 
Derek Forbert, who came in for three years, uh, $9 million. The next were uh, simultaneous Eric Hua, Hula, still haven't got that one, <laughs> two years, 4.75, and Tomas Nozick, uh, two years, $3.5 million. Both those guys are combination wings, centermen. Uh, and then we got a bigger name that came through, 33-year-old veteran Nick Felino, a.k.a. Phalangios, two years, $7.6 million. And then the big deal of the day was dragging a, another helpless soul out of that shithole that is Buffalo. Uh, Linus, a.k.a. Linus Olmark, uh, the goalie. Some would say backup goalie in Buffalo. Uh, brought some would in, say starting goalie for the Boston Bruins. Some would say in. starting goalie for the Boston Bruins. And uh, they would be correct, signing a four-year $20 million deal uh, for the Boston Bruins. Overall, $15.925 million committed in one day towards the cap, leaving them with just $2 million left. A trade of Dan Vladar. David Krejci is not signed yet. And Tukarask still looms large with the quest, the shadow of the quest hanging over this team. We expect some kind of trade to come down the pipeline. We expect it to um, involve Jake DeBrusque in his close to $4 million contract waste of space. Uh, your overall impressions on the uh, first day of free agency for the Bruins, uh, your favorite signing, worst signing, any surprises that jumped out at you? I'm going to go worst signing, uh, Nick Falangio, Ooh. because Ooh, surprise. Th- this guy has not been producing as of late. He had his best years in 2016-17. Since then, he's been drastically falling downwards with uh, goals and assists. So paying this guy 7.5 AAV, I don't think that's a great signing for Mr. Don Sweeney. Just yeah, to give you, got- you a quick correction, it's not 7.5 AAV. It's like 3.25 at 7.25 uh, total. Oh, I apologize. That's my fault. But yeah, I just, I still don't think that's a great signing. I mean, oh yeah, there it is. Two years, six, seven point six million. No, mm-hmm. my fault. My fault. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I Do don't you still, want to retract or you, or nope, you just want still to go with that. Down. Still going with that. I don't think that was a great signing. I mean, you want that left shot defense. I mean, you didn't really get it. You got Derek Fors, whatever the fuck his name is, from Winnipeg. Forbert. Uh, Forbert. Yeah. I mean, uh, this has not been a very lack lackluster is Don Sweeney's middle name because this is not good. Yeah, um, I don't know if uh, Nick Falangio's Felino no, is their worst signing. I don't know if I have a worse signing. If I, if you made me pick, it would be Derek Forbert because of what you just said. You needed a top-pairing left defenseman. You got a bottom-pairing left defenseman. Uh, you signed Mike Riley. You kept him on, on, a, on a decent hometown deal. He's your second pairing with Carlo there. You still have a gaping hole on the left side of your defense. Um, Grizzlick's not going to fix that. Zorbel's not going to fix that. You only get two million left in space. People are talking about bringing Krejci back. You're talking about leaving space for Tuga Rask. Yeah, it, you know, if I were to say the worst part of the day was not addressing that left shot defenseman. If you go in with this defensive core, you're setting yourself up for the same results you've had the last several years. Bounce in the second round. Um, in terms of the wings and everything else they did, I thought it was. I thought it was really good. Let me give you this quote excuse me, um, from Don Sweeney, if I have it. Yeah, let me give you this quote on Don Sweeney for, you know, just his thoughts on what he did to essentially the bottom six with Felino and Nozak. Yeah, Nozick and Haula. Uh, quote, we've always felt our core group was so dedicated and driven to win. How could we support that moving forward? We were mindful of term during this period in time and identifying players that would fit into the driven mindset. 
Brandon sort of started that with signing, signing long-term that allowed us to move to the next player in Taylor Hall and fitting the pieces together. Brandon Carlos, who was talking about there. So um, I like the moves. We talked about it. We've talked about it several times going into free agency. Uh, we wanted them to dump the fodder on their bottom six that have let them down the last several playoffs, replace them with um, veterans that can come in, know what they're doing, know how to play, know how to be impactful. And they did that in a big way. They brought in three big, they brought in three pieces here that can all play center. Sweeney said himself, the center position is basically going to be by committee, especially with Krejci not in the fold yet. You don't have anybody in their second line. Felino can fill in there. Um, but all these guys can play anywhere and they, they play big. They play um, both sides of the ice. I think that, uh, I think that you really improved your bottom six with these type of moves. Um and you, and, you know, say we want about four, Bert, but you lost your penalty killer in Lausanne. So you needed someone to, to fill that spot. He's a blocking defensive defenseman. So that he filled a lot of holes. He filled a lot of holes. Not a lot of uh, flash and sizzle. Nope. Uh, other than from the goalie position, which I'll, I'll turn to you. What does it say about what the Bruins think of Jeremy Swayman to bring in Linus slash Linus Olmark? on a four yield four year deal at essentially starter money. I think it's 12th. I think he's the 12th highest paid goalie in the league. Now, uh, when Swayman looked like the next guy, now you got four years of, uh, essentially waiting, waiting to give him the role kind insurance. of a cock block situation insurance policy in case Swayman doesn't come out of the gates light. Like he was, uh, last year, hot, you know, that shutdown goalie, this is an insurance policy. If something happens, you know, that he is like uh, the big stage, the crowd's now behind it, and he can't fucking save anything that's coming towards him, this is an insurance policy. I think Swayman's going to be the number one guy still, but I think Linus is there for insurance policy. And it's a very expensive insurance policy, but I think it's one that the Bruins needed to address, especially with getting rid of Vladar. Yeah, it's not a uh, it's not a bad take. Uh, let, let me recycle what we said on Thursday, uh, just having a day to digest this contract. The Bruins, unlike a lot of other teams or unlike hockey in general, it's more like football. You don't you don't see a lot of hockey teams have uh, a mindset or a plan for positions and how they um, uh, develop them. You see that a lot in, in football, right? In hockey, it's you don't see it as much. Not so with the Bruins in the goalie position. Going with Danny all the way back to Tukarask and Tim Thomas. They are very conservative, when it, to say the least, when it comes to their goalie position and not throwing guys to the wolves and, um, and, and you know, letting them go up in flames. Yeah. And we've seen a lot of, you know, a number of examples then across the NHL of young goalies that got hot and then were given the, the role and uh, kind of fell on their face. And some of them were able to get back up to mediocrity. Some of them were not. Uh, so I'm sure that's what they're thinking here with Swayman, who's only 23. Yeah, as very young. Six total games in the NHL, like six total games in the AHL. Um, and actually, that was that quote. Let's bring in the Tuca part here. When Sweeney was asked about um, the role for Tuca Rask moving forward, he said, quote, we've always left the door open for Tuca to return. It allows Jeremy to continue to progress at a natural rate, but also give him the opportunity to be at, at an NHL level. Puke. Yeah. Puke. Yeah. That means he's coming back. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it with Tuka Rask and, and Swayman. 
you have flexibility of swimming. He doesn't, you don't have to send him through waivers to, back to the NHL, uh, AHL. Yeah, Bill said that to us. Yeah. So he can get down to province throughout waivers. If that's what they want, if they th- think that's the best for his development. So you bring him up for what the first two months of the season. Well, but what if he plays go- lights out? What if he plays lights out? What if this is a total, uh, they put him in there he's playing great. We're first in the Atlantic. You know, what happens then? Yeah, I don't like the idea of keeping Tukarask in the fold. Trust me, I don't like the idea of doing that. The guy's got a fucking blown hip. He yeah. had a he waited three weeks so he can get some links uh, up there in uh in Boston, get some mm-hmm. get some rounds of golf in yep. to get his surgery. We know he's kind of aloof anyway. You yeah. you ex- you're expecting this guy to be part of your goalie battery after paying five million dollars to Linus Linus, and you got the next best thing in Swayman. Just cut fucking ties with Tuka Rask as much as I would like the quest to happen and Bill to get a butthole tattoo. He'll never do it anyway, so it doesn't it's, matter. It's time to cut ties with Tuka Rask. If this isn't the time, when is it? So don't be pulling to Swayman back and forth. Just get him his NHL minutes, split the goalie duties, and in two years, if Swayman is, you know, he's the guy then you got a trade piece and yeah. Linus Linus and you try to move them. Well, also, move. also, what are you going to do with Krejci? I mean, if Krejci does come back, you're not going to have any money to sign to Garask. If you don't get rid of DeBrusque, you're going to have fucking zero money on the book. So I don't know how they're going to pull that one off. Well, real quickly, again, to recycle some Thursday talk. So uh, they, there has to be a trade coming down the pike for the, for the Bruins. You only have $2 million left. You, you still have just some regular pieces to sign, never mind a Krejci or anything else. You got to you gotta bring some guys up to fill out your roster. So they're going to have to move a contract. We think that's DeBrusque. Don't sleep on Charlie Coyle and don't sleep on Jack Eichel. If you got a DeBrusque, a Coyle, Greslick's name is now getting thrown out there and you go target an Eichel who's been linked, who also was skating with Bruce Cassidy the first day of free agency in Boston. Just a little mm-hmm. FY there right there. Uh, and of course, like we said, uh, of top pairing left shot defenseman you've got some salary you've got some pieces you can go and and make that work and i fully expect a trade to come down here for the bruins i don't know if it's going to be as splashy as that but they're certainly going to clear some cap Something space has to happen yeah and uh i i would imagine that uh there is a deal on the table for Krejci, something under market value for one year that he just has to decide on if he wants to take it before the before the season starts Saying, open for. I don't know if you listened to Ty Anderson this morning, but pretty much saying that uh, with the COVID, like uh, he pretty much wants to go back to the Czech Republic to be with his family because his grand, uh, his kids haven't even met his parents yet and their uh, language barrier. They speak Czech. They only the kids only speak English, so he wants them to go over the Czech. You know, later in his career, finish off his career in the Czech. So I think it's the rings on the wall. I don't think Craigie's coming back. Well, that's good insight. That's good insight from Ty. Uh, that might you know that might be. Um... Speaking of writing on the wall, the reason they made some of the moves they did. Uh, your worst signing, Falangio, get used to seeing him. And if that's if that's the case, if they know Krejci's not coming back, I wouldn't get rid of Coyle. I've been uh, kind of pitching to throw Coyle on that second line and see what you got. You got him for five more years at five Would you and like a half rather million. Coyle or Eichel on that second line? Oh, f- I mean, like, come on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. sure, of course. Yeah, of if, you course, dump, but... if you can dump a DeBrus, and this is uh, what Bill and I talked about and what I've been saying for a little bit, Buffalo doesn't have a – a, a leg to stand on. They don't have leverage in this right now. They're talking to Vegas about a couple prospects and a first round pick. The Bruins can, I think the Bruins can match basically what, um, 
what anyone te team's offering. And you got an Eichel who wants to be there, similar to Taylor Hall, that would be willing to sign an extension a year or two down the line. But so, do you think Buffalo wants to do a deal with the Bruins after they got fleeced by him for the Taylor Hall signing? Fuck no, but they don't really have a goddamn <laughs> choice if you can get. Man, uh, these guys made us look like idiots. I'm not fucking doing business with these guys. It's like a Danny Ainge guy type of situation. Uh, yeah, it is, but that wasn't the Bruins' fault. That was Taylor Hall's fault. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Taylor Hall is But now Michael's doing the same thing. Pretty much, I want to go to Boston. That's the only destination. He's, I mean, yeah, that's, it, a bad, def that's bad for Buffalo. In-division rival. Like, that's fucking terrible. It definitely throws a wrench in it, and all of a sudden, the Bruins become Buffalo East with Linus Linus and Lazar and Riley and yeah. Hall and Eichel. It's like... Jesus, I don't know. That it might be too much Buffalo stink, but yeah. If you get a chance at a guy like Eichel, you take it, especially oh, if the asking price is as low as now. It's what it's looking like it, it might be. And remember, you know the the cap space is a is a different situation now. But the Bruins were one of the only teams that could take that on mm -hmm. originally, and uh, a contract like Coil is something that you can move and get there really quickly. So, yeah, um, yeah the, I don't think the Bruins are done. So let's keep an eye on that. Uh, shifting gears, football Patriots camp is open, Ray. It just makes you have no more. The, the baseball talk will be not as heavy. Listening to Bill talk baseball, I want to take my head and run it through my wall as hard as I can and hopefully yep. get knocked the fuck out. At least the Red Sox are good. It would be one. It would be a whole other oh, story man. if they sucked. might be more fun. And hear about uh, the fear boners. Oh, my fucking God. Uh, day one of camp by anybody worth their salt has said Mac Jones, um, single-handedly one i've got some tweets here for you let me see if i can pull them up uh of course date there's been day two and now day three since we've released this but for our show i'd like to uh day read you day two. one quotes no, this no. is from uh, mike giardi cam newton was just okay got <laughs> help from Nikhil harry with a diving goal line grab and wait found... wait wait stop that say that one more time got help from Nikhil harry <laughs> That's not the combination we're looking for. No. Found Christian Wilkerson, who whatever that is, in the back of the right corner for touchdown seven on seven. However, GRD writes, dot, dot, dot. Cam's final four reps were bad. Missed Henry in the back of the end zone by throwing the ball behind him. Wasn't close to the next throw. Can't tell you who that was for. Then he was high on a toss to Bourne and threw behind Harry. Got picked by Phillips at the goal line. Cam Newton let off every team drill, followed by Mac Jones. Mac had a couple gems in the red area. Hitting Kendrick Bourne in the back left corner with very little room to operate. He also did a nice job in the face of a middle rush, hitting Sony coming out of uh, left to right. Um, from there on, let's just, I'll give you another Mac Jones. Jones had another gem in seven on seven that will be scored an incomplete pass, but it was a hell of a throw ripping a ball to Marvin Hall. Yeah. I don't know. With Michael Jackson <laughs> close on coverage. Jackson celebrated like he got a PBU, but I think Hall just should have caught it. Um, I thought I had a couple more, but uh, let's leave it at that. And then just to, just to, be fair get day two it seemed like cam newton had a better day but let's be fucking all we know what cam newton is we Crash. know the Crash. day one Crash. day one in camp he's throwing behind receivers he's getting bailed up by nakeel harry are, are you kidding we know what cam newton is never mind the fact that mac jones is is getting greg bedard hard as a rock watching mm -hmm. him throw the fucking ball we know what cam newton is he's not going to change we've been saying this for a year the question is what what's the breaking point here what's the breaking point 
I honestly don't know. I think he's the worst. I, I think he's starting no matter what. I don't know why. I don't know what he's done to Bill Belichick to make him. Does he know something on Bill? Like what is going on? Why is Cam Newton even on? He should be a backup. He should be number two, maybe even number three. Brian Hoyer, number two. This guy sucks. We saw what he had last year. He sucked. Oh, now everyone's like, oh, he's got weapons now. He's got tight ends. He's got receivers. I don't care who's out there. I don't care if it's fucking uh, Calvin Johnson out there catching balls from him. He sucks. He can't throw the ball. He had a fucking interception on the goal line. I don't know if, if that was day one or day two. This guy fucking blows. Get him off the Patriots. Like, why is he here? Well said. I couldn't say it any better myself. Uh, yeah, I you know no pads in day two, which is dumb. Which, which someone said too. I don't know if that was a tweet or I heard it on the radio, but they're like, "Oh, wait till the pads come on, then we'll see a different side of Mac Jones and Cam Newton will flourish." I'm like, "Fucking putting pads on is gonna make this guy flourish? This guy fucking sucks." If they were running drills, yeah, I'd take Cam all day. But Mac Jones, that guy was throwing dimes. I don't think putting pads on is gonna make a difference for anything. Here's uh, just we're gonna talk about this a lot. Obviously, it's the, the next two story. months. <laughs> it's gonna be the number one story, and rightfully so, because um, you do got a good team up there in New England. I think we're seeing that that wide receiver core is probably not going to be as good as we thought it might be. It'll be exponentially better than it was last year. But um, I think it was Zolak who said, "You know, not a lot of separation from the wide receivers. Uh, slow boys out there. Gonna be a lot of tight throws." Cam Newton, not the guy to hit tight throws. When he said that, I heard that. I was like, wait a second. So Cam's going to be your starter, and you need tight windows because these receivers are slow as shit. Yeah, this is going to be a great fucking season. There's some real anti-Cam shit going on. Greg Bernard has an agenda. Zolak has an agenda. Sound like Giardi had an agenda. Like, they oh, you listen to the it. afternoon show. I mean, Jesus Christ, Felger and Maz. No, well, yeah, that, of yeah. course. This guy, yeah, of course. Uh, you listen to our yeah. show. Like, we got an agenda, too. Again, again, I'd love Cam to be uh, good. In between minicamp and training camp in those weeks, I'm like, I was trying to talk myself into, look, maybe if they dumb it down, they got a good offensive line, they can run it. Maybe he can be serviceable. Day one of camp, he comes in, and every single beat reporter is like, this guy blows. And, hey, you're number 15 over pick. He's pretty fucking good. Yeah. What's the problem, Bill? Here's the problem. Bill Belichick wants Cam Newton to be the quarterback. Why? Ego. It's his guy. He picked him up. He wants to show you that I can take this piece of trash off the trash heap and turn it into a playoff quarterback. We saw it last year, Bill. You can't. Mm -hmm. Secondly, real football reasons. I think he does like the idea of bringing a quarterback along slowly, not throwing them in there, but bill it's not 2000. It's not 2001 anymore. It's 2021. These guys are ready to go, especially Mac Jones. Who's a three-year quarterback from Alabama. The guy's been running a pro pro style football for three fucking seasons down there in the sec. He's seen some shit. Trust me. He'll make some mistakes, but he's not going to overthrow Nikhil fucking Harry at the goal line for a Mm-mm. pick by some safety. I don't think he is anyway. Um, so can I, can I stop you real quick too? Because you brought it up, the narrative that you know Bill Belichick doesn't like to start uh, rookie quarterbacks. How the fuck does anyone know this? For twenty plus years, we had Tom Brady as a quarterback. This is the first yeah. situation we've had where we've had a number one, uh, a first round pick, number fifteen overall, be drafted by Bill Belichick. No one knows what the fucking thought process is for Bill Belichick. Maybe all along, like this is smoke in the mirrors. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna have Cam, and then week one, it's fucking Mac Jones against the Dolphins. So I don't know. Maybe, I, don't, uh, I don't. I don't like everyone's like thought process of him. You know, Bill Belichick doesn't like starting rookie quarterback. He's never had this opportunity. That's true. 
his track record with rookies though is really not to play them. Yeah, but not Most quarterbacks. Likely. How the fuck do we know? Yeah, we don't know. That, a that's what that. That's what they say. And it's but like, if you, but if we follow in his track record and quarterback, it's the same as every other goddamn position out there, yeah, right? Of course. And that's why yeah. Cam Newton's here. So, um, well, we'll see. We'll have, certainly have more on camp. Hopefully, uh, as the weeks move on, we'll start to get a little bit more reporting of the rest of the team. Uh, obviously, it's going to be pretty quarterback heavy for a while here. And uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, Bill has thoughts and prayers too. to uh, Jared Stidham. Oh, of course. Yeah. On the PUP, uh, mm-hmm. he needs his quote unquote surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, that must be another wedding. Fucking yeah. He got strained on the, Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> a little bit louder now, a little bit louder now. Go on, sit on down. You fucking sucks it up. <laughs> uh, real quick on the rest of the football stuff. Uh, we're a little late on that, but Aaron Rodgers had a doozy of a press conference on his first Ooh, day back. Cringeworthy. Dropping some peyote in the fucking desert, whatever he did this summer. Yeah. Uh, basically, shit all over Green Bay Packers organization in his monotone, kind of whiny, bitchy voice. Nah, and more nah. or less said, I want to be part of the decisions made for the roster, which people can go 50 50. I'll get your thoughts on it here. If you're a quarterback of Aaron Rodgers caliber, been in the league for 17 years, some people think that they should have say. I'm not one of those guys. Brady's the only guy that passes that barrier for me because he had six Super Bowl rings. Rodgers has one, hasn't been back in 10 fucking years, more than that. So I don't know who the hell he thinks he is. Uh, but more so just, you do have say. You got your last coach fired, dude. Like, how do you not have say? Of course you have say. So now this new regime comes in and tries to look to the future a little bit and you get all butter. Ah, fuck Aaron Rodgers. Well, he didn't like the fact that they uh, drafted Jordan Love. They, he didn't like the fact that Jordy Nelson got cut by the team. He didn't like the fact that they traded Randall Cobb. It's like, dude, welcome to the real world. If you can't play anymore, they're going to send you packing for whatever you can get. Yeah, you should have some input, but if just because they're your buddies, it doesn't mean you should bring them back or keep them on as long as possible. It's like their job is to win games. If they don't win games, they get fired. Just like you, if you play like a shit, you're going to get benched for the Jordan Love. So therefore, they're doing the best business decisions for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, you could have a little input and say, hey, you know, this is my blanket. You know, I really like it. Maybe we can restructure his deal, something like that. But after that, it's it's the GM's job, it's the coach's job, it's the front office job to make these decisions, not the fucking quarterback. Yeah, and then when, okay, we take your input, but we don't listen to you, then it's, well, you didn't listen to me, so yeah. now I want to leave too. It's well, just, a little it's, bitch. He's, a, he's got such a bitch DNA oh, in him. Oh, God. God. Remember how we were all slope. saying I'd take him on this team? Nope. After that press it'd conference, be, I'm out because I think be he's hard. a cancer. Yeah, it'd be hard to root for him. It, he's just so ugh, slimy. And again, he hasn't won. He hasn't fucking won. What's yeah. like, it's like he hasn't won. What are we talking about? One he time. He has not won. And by the way, Aaron, Jordy Nelson left, sucked. Randall Cobb left, sucked. Good call management. You and just they got him back for like $9 round. million. But they just got Randall Cobb back because he wanted Randall Cobb back yeah, for, for a, a six, binky. For a six-round pick. It's like, dude, can't you see the Texans, the Houston Texans the Houston just trying to fleece Texans. you guys. So fuck you, Aaron Rodgers. Jesus Christ. You know, and, and, and people... Uh, Slippery slope. Have a little bit of foresight. Look at the NBA. Look at the NBA. I'm all for. Which just, there's breaking news coming out of the NBA right now. Okay. Uh, just get, let me finish this. You finish this and I. Yes. Uh, the, the NF, the NBA has clearly gone to a player driven league who own all of the power. Never. They own all of it. Um, 
in the NFL and their quarterbacks are moving in that direction. And I'm for all for player power. Let's just give them more guaranteed money. Don't give them the, the keys to the, uh, to the, to the uh, GM's office. Let's just give them more money. Just give them some more guaranteed money. Keep them out of the fucking GM's office because we've seen what it's done to the NBA. It, it's not as fun. You, you lose competitive balance. So that's my piece on that. Uh, moving on to the NBA, breaking news. Uh, it's a players driven league and Bill has a very great rant about how these super teams are getting a little ridiculous. Well, breaking news, the Washington Wizards and the LA Lakers are close on a deal sending Russell Westbrook to the LA Lakers because that is the only team he wants to go play for. Deal will be finalized later on today. Can I ask you something? You may. What in the world are the LA Lakers going to send to Washington that makes that deal feasible? What are they going to fucking send? Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double last year. As much as you want to say about Russell Westbrook, the talent is undeniable. Mm -hmm. And you pair him with an Anthony Davis and LeBron James, it's going to be a force. What? And he's making 30-something million dollars. How can that – I don't understand how the numbers work. are the Lakers going to send back? If you block the trade for Chris Paul back in the earlier in the day, and you're going to let this go through for for LeBron – Oh, this man. league, man, this fucking league. They're going to lose Kobe, baby. Just just should have given him Chris Paul. But no, we oh. give LeBron Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, this wow. league, man, it's going to be it's not going to be watchable product pretty soon. There's going to be too many super teams and these markets aren't going to want to watch anything because the finals is already going to be predicted. Yeah, especially, you know, with the Lakers situation. I, I know the ratings were down this year, but wasn't it kind of fun watching Giannis like Come out of nowhere in yeah. Milwaukee and the fans. It's fun watching Phoenix. That too. hasn't seen uh, a championship in 50 years, who is a diehard f- basketball fan base, actually get there. Um, well, this is the NBA. So now that Westbrook is going to be gone, hopefully Brad Beal wants out. Hopefully the Celtics can fleece the Wizards like the Lakers are going to fleece them and send your loser city team to the complete fucking I'm toilet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, last night, as this airs tonight, is the NBA draft. Is it just me? Or does this thing have zero juice? Zero juice, because who's going number one? Cunningham? Yep, from Oklahoma State University. Isn't Never ever. Cade Cunningham. Isn't he like a 6'5 combo guard or something? Yeah, he's a point guard, but he can play like the two or the three. Uh, basically, there's no big names. COVID really fucking put their spin on this because, you know, you don't really have a clear number one i mean this kid is supposed to be good but who knows but other than that i couldn't tell you two three or four who's gonna go after that i have uh, a mock draft in front of me i'll just give you some names so we can say we did it uh mock going to the rockets is jalen green three to cleveland evan mobley four to toronto jalen suggs five to the magic scotty barnes there is literally no one down the rest of this list that i know and you probably i don't know any of those i don't know any of those guys uh so uh let's just move here here's the big thing we're going to look for uh the Sixers going to trade ben simmons and maybe move up in the draft or something that's something to look for uh what other big trades are going to be moved across the league we've got guys have you seen the i think you posted about it the raptors deal that yeah i can read that to you Please do, because that was a fucking doozy of a trade. The Sixers are so stupid, are so (laughs) fucking dumb. I've been telling them for years that Ben Simmons sucks. They should have got rid of him two years ago when he was at the height of his uh, powers. Now, uh, here's the proposed trade, if you haven't heard it, uh, that the Philadelphia 76ers sent to the Toronto Raptors a trade in fall, including Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Fleet, 
OG and Anobi, the fourth overall pick for Ben Simmons. Imagine getting that through your GMs, like your. Uh, here's a tra- uh, pr- trade proposal for you. I'd be like, get the fuck. Is this a joke? <laughs> Rich, are you, you sending me another joke fucking trade proposal? This guy, come on. Give me most of your starting five in the fourth overall pick. Yeah. You, NBA champions. I, it, the Sixers are dumb. So, uh, but maybe they're learning their lesson. Maybe they'll try and uh, move Ben Simmons. When it comes to the Celtics, you get the 45th overall pick. You don't have a first rounder because you dumped it, uh, getting rid of. Um, Kemba Walker. Uh, I have another one for you. Oh, you look at this guy coming coming heavy with the NBA. Uh, the uh, Golden State Warriors were sent a trade proposal. Uh, it was for, let me see, Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, and four first-rounders for Ben Simmons. Who do they think this guy is? Who do they think this guy is? <laughs> let me ask you something right now. <laughs> In a playoff series starting tomorrow, Yep. Starting point guard, Ben Simmons, Rajon Rondo. Rondo. Yeah. I think oh, it's like a hundred percent of the people are taking And I'm not Rondo. taking prime Rondo. I'm talking Rondo right now. Yeah, Lakers Rondo. Yeah, like, right now. <laughs> taking Rondo. Ben Simmons? <laughs> he, he, didn't, he scored zero points in the fourth quarter in uh, his last no. playoff series. Sorry, no. three points. I think it was five. Ah, oh, man. Anyway, uh, speaking of point guards, just really quickly, the Celtics are linked to Ricky Rubio. Um, I'd be in on that. that I like Ricky Rubio. That'd be fun. Uh, can you get him for the 45th overall pick? Maybe. He's worth well, it. You know, the second rounders are very uh, coveted in the NBA. So His deal's you never 18 know. million. Uh, you Ooh. have like 11 on that TPE, so you don't really have to match all the salary. No. Um, I'd be in on that. I'll be in on that. We'll see if uh, what Brad Stevens has up his sleeve. Um for the uh, for the for his first NBA draft, we've run out of time in the after show. We'll talk a little bit Olympics, but we have to end it here. This is the Simple Mind Sports Show. Friday headlines, August thirtieth. Yes, July July thirtieth. July thirtieth. We're moving into August. Okay, yeah. uh, we'll see you on Sunday for Sunday <laughs> so Social Hour, the greatest sports video games ever made, um, and a little cameo of me from the toilet we'll see you on sunday bye-bye oh i forgot about that bye-bye <laughs>
if you have anything to say about Simone Biles other than she's essentially a combination of Abe Lincoln and Mother Teresa, you are the devil, my friend. Mm-hmm. You are simply the devil. And just to sum up really quickly, I wrote a blog in SimoneMindSports.com saying, uh, look, she's amazing. She's just not a hero for dropping out. She quit. She failed at her objective here. That's it. And then you were dragged through the mud all day. You hiked up those pants, you pulled up your sleeves, and you were just dragged through the mud today. I just don't find it heroic. KFC from Barstool Sports, not a fan of Rich. People on Facebook, not a fan of Rich. People on Twitter, not a fan of Rich today. I just, uh, I understand why she did it. Uh, I get, I have learned more about the twisties, Ray, than I will ever be able to forget. And apparently if anyone ever gets the twisties, they're automatically, automatically set up to fall on their neck and be paralyzed. And it's these, it's just fucking ridiculous. Did you she's, see that one girl from Russia? She's risking her life. She's risking her life. I risk my life every time I get a Big Mac at fucking McDonald's. I could die. About. I get it. There's a risk of serious injury. Have you watched rugby? Like, mm. there, uh, yes, there's risk of serious injury. That's why she decided not to, to perform because her, her head was all screwed up. She knew she couldn't do it. She didn't want to risk injury. She didn't want to risk the team losing medals, blah, blah, blah. I'll give her credit for that. It's probably a hard decision. I respect it. No problem. It's not inspiring. It's not heroic. Mm. It's just what she had to do. Nope. If she battled through it and heroic and spoke about it and still brought light to it and said, look, this is what I'm doing to deal with it. And I'm going to go out here and perform because this is what I came here to do and had a good, and you know, even if she just performed, that would have, that would have been more inspiring to me. Mm -hmm. Like you're it's still in the concept of a competition. It's the fucking Olympics. Like we understand what Simone Biles story is. We understand she grew up in uh, foster care and was abused. Adopted. And the uh, the oh, terribleness yeah. that went on with U.S. Uh, Olympics. We understand that story. She gets. That's why she gets such a free pass. That's why she gets the accolade she's getting for dropping for withdrawing. That it still doesn't take away. She went there to compete and didn't do it. That's all I'm saying. That's no. all I'm saying. It wasn't. It's not heroic. <laughs> also think that there's a lot of people throwing the mental health thing out a lot these days. <laughs> Pro athletes, you know, Simone Biles, I mean, it is a very sensitive subject. I mean, obviously it's a serious issue, but I mean, when these people are just throwing, oh, it's a mental health thing. It's like, no, she just didn't want to get hurt. That's not a mental health thing. She quit on her team because she didn't want to get hurt. That's not mental health. It's just, she was scared that something might happen to her. That's not a mental health thing. There's like depression, anxiety, all that other stuff. That's a very serious issue. She just didn't want to compete because she thought she was going to get hurt. That's not mental health. So the right, whole narrative yeah. that people are like, oh, she's so brave. This is mental health. So, no, it, mental health is a serious thing, but it's not one of those things that is uh, with her right now. It's just, she didn't want to get hurt. That's yeah. And you have to to be careful saying it's with her or not with her, but like the tea leaves kind of point to, well, look, and again, let me give you some more credit. She went at 23 or 24 years old. It's unheard of to, for a gymnast to be that old and competing in the Olympics. She, and she's still at the top of her game. And one of the reasons it's unheard of is because the body does not respond well to the type of shit that they do when you get past your teenage years. So another reason why she is, the goat she's incredible but we all get it she went to continue to shine light 
on those shit bags at the U.S. Olympics and make uh, uh, organization and make sure they are held responsible for the Larry Nasser thing. A completely fucking noble cause. She's fighting the good fight. That's all understood. She's there with the pressures to be the greatest gymnast of all time. All of that's understood. That's pressure. And it got to her. So she withdrew. That's what happened. It's just not heroic to me. If she Um, went and like boycotted the Olympics on behalf and saying, I'm not competing for U.S. Olympic organization because of X, Y, and Z. That's heroic. That's heroic. That's inspiring. But she just, she quit because her mind wasn't right, which is fine. Respect the decision. You don't want to get hurt. You want to fuck your team. No problem. It's not heroic. No. It's it. Breaking news real quick. Breaking news. Uh, Ricky Rubio traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, that was fast. <laughs> uh, okay, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I gotta fly. I'm sure that last little rant will go over well. We will uh, see. We'll make uh, sure to plug that on all our social media accounts. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. 